There is a trigger warning on this episode as we discuss really heavy topics like self-harm and depressive ideation. Discretion is advised. This is Around the Farm, the podcast about all things that. I'm your host, Clint Schaffer, and today we're going to be joined by Alicia Stewen of Raising Princess Warriors and talking about some of the ups and downs around farming and how we can help those who are struggling. Stay tuned. Alicia, thank you for joining us uh, here today on Around the Farm. Uh, how about uh, you give our listeners and uh, viewers here a little uh, introduction? Uh, hi, thanks for having me. Um, I'm Alicia Stewen. I have quite an interesting background. I grew up on a 2,500-acre farm in southern Iowa. Um, so that's how my rural roots really got started. Um Met and married my husband. He works for a farm here in West Central Illinois. And I'm maybe kind of sort of a farm wife. I work from home with our four daughters and I help out in the fields when they need me. Um, And I am a mental health advocate. That whole journey started when I began to struggle with postpartum depression um, after our oldest was born. And it's just kind of grown into this huge platform that I have uh, on my own space uh, on the internet. Um, Instagram and TikTok is really where I'm active. Yeah, I mean, you have a, a, a very big following, I know, on uh, on Instagram. I've been uh, following you for, for quite some time now. And uh, w- what is your handle? Raising Princess Warriors, right? Yes, Raising Princess Warriors. Yeah, and uh, and I seen you just uh, cross the, uh, the 10,000 follower uh, threshold there uh, the other week. So uh, congratulations on that. Thank you. Thank you. You know, I think it's uh, an interesting story on uh, on how we find ourselves here today. Actually, Alicia and I, uh, we don't live too far apart, and we we're actually uh, attending a local, uh, local, actually a local field view uh, employee's uh, wedding, and uh, and you know started uh, started discussing uh, your channel and just uh, within marketing here, and uh, I thought it'd be a great opportunity to, to to bring you on the show and and really talk about some of these pieces that you're you know that that you show a lot of passion around. So. I guess, how did you first decide to start Raising Princess Warriors? How, how did you decide to start that that channel? Um, so my, my passion really came from when I was going through the thick of postpartum depression, I felt so alone. I felt like I was the only one who walked through that journey. I didn't know postpartum depression was a thing. There was no education or resources on it. Um, and I just... My passion is to, even if I can just change one person's life, that I have done what I feel is my calling. And that's where my passion, why I started sharing, um, it's kind of evolved into where the platform it is now that's primarily focusing on mental health in general. Um, I started out really focusing on maternal mental health, and it just is, I just want to help save lives because I almost lost my life due to depression. Well, yeah, I mean that. Uh, l- looking at the at the mental health uh, aspect, uh, you know, I mean, not only with uh, with the with the maternal side, but also you know, looking at the at the rural ag side as well. I know you put a lot of focus on there, and uh, and and that's been a you know a, a very important conversation that uh, that folks are really starting to have. And I think it's 
thanks to you know people like you, Alicia, that uh, that have really stood up to to really voice and put a voice uh, behind it, uh, because I think it is a, a it's a hard conversation to have for a lot of folks, and I and I think a lot of times people don't want to talk about that. So, uh, hats off to you, I guess, for for starting that and starting to bring awareness to that. Thanks. What's shocking to me is when I started looking at well, where we're at. Um, resources for mental health are very slim. Um, and mental health in general is still a stigma, but especially I feel in rural and agricultural communities. Um, and when I first started researching into rural mental health, there are a couple of statistics that really, really shocked me. The first one is that farmers and ranchers are 3.5 times more likely to commit suicide than any other occupation. What what do you think? I, I guess what? Why do you think that is? You know, I mean, is it a is it an isolation thing? Is it a is it a stress of the of just the profession? What uh, what do you feel like is the is a reason behind that stat? I joke that farmers are the biggest gamblers I know, um, and they. I don't know anyone who's in farming for their mon- for the money. They're in it for passion. It's what they grew up. They literally grew up with dirt underneath their fingernails. And so when you have hard times, um, when you literally see your yearly income fall flat on its face and you're wondering, how on earth am I going to pick this corn? How am I going to get this done? How am I going to get enough yield to pay for my bills, um, to pay for the inputs, that you just, that they're just lost. They have no one to turn to and there's not a support network out there for uh, for farmers. And it's, it's shame, they feel ashamed. And this is me putting feelings and words into people's mouths. Um, but I feel like they feel ashamed that they should be a better farmer at, they should be better at farming. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, I, I, I think it does. And, and I, I look at, you know, I guess just I, I, I look at our own farm and see the the struggles that uh, that uh, my parents have have experienced. You know, throughout the years, whether it's you know droughts, whether it's uh, floods, whether it's you know even just financial headaches that they had uh, throughout, uh, especially throughout like the '80s and whatnot. Um, it's just a lot to shoulder, I think, for a lot of folks. Um, I know those are those are a lot of stressors that I typically wouldn't have. Right, I, mm-hmm. I'm. I, I'm not. I'm not relying on the on the land in in that sense, and uh, and so it it is just seems like it's a lot, you know, a, a lot to put on somebody's shoulders there. And that's. I think that's farmers deal with a large. They don't have a boss. They're the boss. Everything that comes in and out of that farm depends on them, and they don't have anyone else to help carry that burden. And you know one of one of the things you talked about was just you know part part of how you felt right that that really uh, that really drove you to this and and I know that uh, you've mentioned before that uh, that you were in a you know a, a really tough spot and a, and a bad spot and and uh, and it took a lot of time and effort to to get out of that. What were what were some of the steps that you had to take, Alicia, to to recognize? I guess that something wasn't right. I remember. My oldest was about 10 months old, and I screamed at my husband, I can't do this anymore. I don't want to be here. And I got in my car and left. And I had no intention of ever coming back. Um, 
And at that point, when I did come back, he's like, this is enough. We're, you're calling your doctor. We're going to go get you help. Um, so from there I went, um, we started medication immediately. And then I've also gone through some therapy, um, but really talking about it in therapy to my family, to my husband has really changed the game because I'm no longer alone. I'm no longer fighting that battle internally. They know when I'm struggling and they're able to say, hey, you know those lies your brains are telling you, your brain is telling you? That's exactly what it is. It's a bunch of lies. And I mean, that's, that's, I think that just goes into having having that support around you, having uh, having those that you love paying attention and and reaching out. Um, what are some of the the signs that that somebody that might be struggling with this? You know, what what are some of those signs that they could be looking for to say this isn't right, and I need to start reaching out, or I need to start maybe looking at getting some help. Specifically in Farmers First, if you notice someone is struggling to get their crops in or out, if they're just not acting the way they normally would, if they're not following their normal routines, their patterns, if you notice that their animals don't appear to be cared for, um, definitely reach out to them then. Any changes of normal routine or behavior. Um, So if you know that Joe Smith down the road normally goes up to the coffee shop and drinks a pot of coffee with his friends, and all of a sudden he's not doing that. Um, If they start speaking negatively a lot, like, man, this crop really just isn't worth it. Like, I should just kind of give up. I should quit. Um, And a lot of self-deprecating talk if they're talking negatively about themselves, um, and that's out of character for them because we all know that there's some people in life that are just plain old negative. (laughs) But if they're more... A change of character would, I would say, would be our number one thing that we're going to be looking for. You know, Alicia, you talked about reaching out then as well, right? I mean, and mm-hmm. and having that conversation that 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 can be that that can be hard in itself, right? And I and I I'm putting myself in those shoes of how I would approach that, and and uh, th- that may not be the easiest thing either. Uh, oh, no. What what are what's maybe some of the best tactics or best ways that you know somebody could could walk up to somebody and have that conversation. Um, Cause I, I know I would have a lot of fear in, in where that conversation could go, or maybe I'm not prepared. Um, I guess what's some advice for those folks that are reaching out? Well, number one, be prepared for that person to be defensive because they don't want to admit that they're having problems. Um, it, and it just is something as simple as, sending them a text. Hey, I was thinking about you. Just wanted to know that I, I look up to you. I admire your role in the community. Um, something as simple as if you know that they're struggling, drop by a McDonald's gift card, because I know personally when I'm really, really struggling, the last thing I can do is make food for myself. I don't want to do it and to feed my family. It, it, we eat so much take out when I'm struggling mentally because I just can't do it. That's just one thing that I cannot handle. Um, so just, a, and it doesn't even have to, you can write it in a note and said, hey, here, I noticed that you might be struggling a little bit. Here's a gift card for you. Slide it in their mailbox. Um, just simple little things. You don't necessarily have to talk to them to actually change their life. Do you, do you think that 
sometimes it could take more than, you know, more than one time or more than a couple times of reaching out. I mean, do you almost have to be somewhat stubborn on on that side of it to, to continue to, to pursue that if you feel like something's wrong? Yes, uh, definitely. And that would be at that point, I would probably start with a just a text and then go on to doing something meaningful for them to actually maybe catching them in their shop or their office and be like, hey, I know you're just not acting right. You're just, something's going on with you. Would you like to talk about it? And sometimes it just, they just need to sit in silence with someone to know that they're not alone. So maybe just go ride in the combine with them. I think that's that's great advice there. Um, you know, one of the, one of the other things I would, I would ask there on this, Alicia, is, you know, a, a lot of our, you know, just a lot of folks that I know, our support is is our spouse, right? And uh, and they're usually the ones that are around us the the most. They they can uh, they can see when things are changing. But sometimes I feel that uh, being around somebody all the time, it's hard to notice change as much. Is there any any advice you give to a to a spouse of saying? Hey, these are maybe some of the things you need to look for, or, or maybe step back and, and look at things from a different perspective. I actually—it's funny you asked me because I just hi Corey. <laughs> we have another guest. <laughs> um, hi. Uh, it's funny you asked me that. Um, I actually just recently reached out to Luke, um, my husband, for some advice for my Instagram channel. So this kind of ties in perfectly for that. Um, his advice uh, was: be yourself. Because that person has so much going on in within themselves. So, for example, I was extremely angry. Any instability, um, if I felt like I couldn't depend on him, I would become irate and just lose it. And he says, stay consistent and true to yourself. Um, notice, it's again, that change of character. If they're acting out of their normal round, uh, their normal self, then you should probably maybe reach out, maybe talk to them, sit down. I feel like with your spouse, you're going to be a lot more comfortable to be like, maybe back them into a corner and be like, hey, something's going on with you. We need to get to the bottom of this. Um, another thing he said was uh, work on your situation and yours alone. It doesn't matter. You can read countless countless books, talk to es- experts, search the internet, but you are the only one who knows that situation. You're the only one that's going through exactly what you're going through at that moment in time. Um, your keep our relationship history in mind, be ready for a change and never frame your mindset from just one perspective. So if I'm struggling, he has to stop and look, was it something that happened with the kids is, are the kids sick? Am I freaking out about the kids? Um, where are we financially? Just so to be looking at it so that he can kind of step in and help take some of that anxiety and worry off of me. I, I think that is a, uh, is a fantastic list of, uh, of, of, of steps there to, to take. So uh, I, I love hearing that. I think uh, it sounds like you got uh, have, a, have a great support team around you, Alicia. So uh, that uh, that's awesome. And, you know, the other thing too, you know, you talked about as you're, as you know, you're, you're 
growing your Instagram channel and your and your TikTok channel. Uh, I know one of the things that I've noticed when I'm when I'm watching your your reels and and different posts that you put up there, not everything is is easy to listen to, right? And and easy to watch. And uh, and and how I guess what I'm what I'm curious about is how did you break into that barrier of saying, you know what? I know this may sound crazy or this may made you know maybe tough for others to hear, but I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to say this and I'm going to make a video about it. Um, I have no filter. <laughs> uh, so that would probably be a good portion of my ability to do that. But my need to help others outweighs my own shame at this point in my journey. Uh, three years ago, would I have been able to talk in depth about what I talk about, about the intrusive thoughts, about the feeling that I needed to harm myself? No but I'm healing and I'm on a journey and I'm um, on medication. My medication dose is finally good. And so I'm in a place where I really can de delve deep into that darkness and come out unscathed ish <laughs> um, <laughs> for so that people know. And I know you said the, the reels, I know what ones you're talking about, the intrusive thoughts one. And it's because people have no idea that those thoughts like, it's taboo. You think that those thoughts are actually you and you're going to do those things. I broke that barrier because someone needed to, someone had to. Um, the comments and messages that I get saying that they didn't know that anyone else went through that, that's why. And the more comments and stuff that I receive, the more important I realize that it is for me to continue to share them because everyone needs to know that they're not alone in this journey. Alicia, that is that is awesome. Again, I, I commend you for that. Um, I, I think you are the, the the service that you're doing is is much needed. Uh, I think it's uh, it's great that you're shining light on a, a again on a on a topic that's that's tough for a lot of us to talk about, and uh, and it takes folks like you to to really shine that light and to. To bring that to the to the forefront and bring that to the attention of everybody there. So, Alicia, you talked about growing up on a farm as well. Uh, can you tell us a little bit more about that? Sure. Um, so, like I said earlier on, I grew up on a twenty five hundred acre farm in southern Iowa. Um, that farm is still operational today. Um, my parents and my brother and sister actually run that operation um, that's quite the diverse operation. They have the farm side and then they have a livestock side. Uh, they have about 300 head of ewes right now. Um, actually, when I was there, they had about 2,000. So they've they've slimmed down a wow. little bit. <laughs> yeah, we I wow. grew up showing sheep as well. Oh. So it was a show stock flock. Um, and then, so they have the show stock. They have four car parts stores, and they also are a precision ag dealer and um, a tile plow dealership. And fun fact, I worked for them for about 10 months. Um, my husband and I went back to join the operation. And if you work with family in agriculture, you know that either it's really, really good or <laughs> not so much. And my husband and I decided that our family relationships were more important than the business, and we chose to leave the operation. Um, 
in that time period from graduating college, I sold seed for six years. I worked as a precision ag tech, and now I am in a marketing role for a large ag dealer here in West Central Illinois. Wow. Well, I tell you what, uh, not only uh, do you have a, a vast experience within uh, the ag, uh, ag industry here, but uh, your, your family farm is quite diversified. So I always, I always talk about, uh, I think that's one of the things that I'm seeing more and more of our uh, farms trying to d- diversify out into, into different endeavors. And especially as family comes back into the farm, right? Uh, yep. Folks bringing different things in, and uh, but I don't know if I've uh, if I've talked to anybody with quite that diversification right there. Like you got like car parts stores and livestock, the whole. I mean that's the whole nine yards. So it really is. We so I actually when I growing up I was homeschooled and we did not get summer break. We got harvest break so that <laughs> my parents could have free child labor. Oh yeah. Sorry, mom and dad, if you're actually listening to this. <laughs> But it was, that's just the way we grew up. And my dad always believed in minimizing your risk. And that's how he minimized it was as we started, the kids started coming back into the operation. He started adding different streams of income that would um, counterbalance each other. Because, you know, when farming is high, farming is good. And when farming is low, people start buying more parts and repairing their own equipment. And just makes sense. Yeah, no, I think that's a it's a good strategy and a good strategy to to keep you busy and a good strategy for uh, for financial uh, stability as well. So, no, nope, absolutely. You know, you talk about your farming background, coming from a farm over in uh, in Iowa, uh, married to a farmer. I mean, I gotta know, is it auger wagon, grain cart? I mean, where where do you stand on this on this crazy debate? It's grain cart. No questions asked. It's grain cart. And every time he says, I need someone to come run the auger cart, I'm like, well, I can't help you because I don't know what that is. <laughs> okay. All right. Fair enough. I I stand firmly on the auger wagon side, but that's I, I'm feeling more like I'm standing on an island right now. <laughs> Well, hey, on a, on another note here, you know, we're rolling into the holiday season, uh, and I was just curious, you know, as we roll into Thanksgiving and and Christmas and all the other holidays that are around this time of year, what do you look forward uh, to the most uh, during this holiday season? I'm a Thanksgiving girl. Um, Thanksgiving was always my mom's holiday and my grandma's holiday, and. We normally have, I don't know, 35 or 40 people at my mom's house, and it just is, we have a big old turkey dinner, and then we eat a whole bunch of pies. Most of the time, we have more pies than people there because we, everyone brings two or three pies, and then we play cards all afternoon. It's the best holiday. Nice. That that sounds like just a good relaxing time right there. And uh, I, I would say we do uh, we do very similar things. We uh, we eat too much and we sit around the kitchen table and we throw uh, we throw a little euchre actually. So oh, we're nice. in that uh, that card uh, card playing uh, as well during that time of year. So. Nice. Well, Alicia, I do want to say thanks again for for coming on here to to have this conversation and and really, again, bring awareness uh, just to the importance of mental health, mental health in rural areas, 
putting that focus even on uh, on farmers during this time of year, a really stressful time of year as we look into harvest. Uh, so I do want to just say thanks again for for taking time out of your busy schedule to uh, to sit down and and talk to me about this. As as folks uh, are, are looking at you know maybe reaching out and and trying to find you know different places to go, do you have any advice on any 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 resources or or tools that uh, that folks can use? So the first one that I would suggest specifically for farmers, there is a farmer crisis hotline, um, and that phone number is one eight hundred Farm Aid or one eight hundred three two seven six two. Four, three. The suicide hotline is 1-800-273-8255. That is 100% confidential. You call them, you say, I'm struggling, I need help. Um, and they just talk you down. And then the, the text is, uh, you text HOME to 741741. Yeah, I mean, thank you for sharing that, Alicia. I mean, that uh, I, I think in a, having those tools at your fingertips and being able to uh, to contact somebody, I think, in a, especially when you're in a need a need of help. I mean, I think that's it's it's great to have those numbers uh, right at your fingertips, sir. It is, and it just that brings me. You are never alone. You reach out for help. There's always someone there to grab your hand to pull you up when you feel like you're drowning. Um. You know, you talk about never being alone, and that uh, I know uh, DeKalb Asgrove put together a, um, a, a campaign that no one farms alone, right? And and it's really looking at this uh, the same topic. Uh, and we had a, a farmer share his story, right, about uh, about a friend that uh, that he lost, and and uh, it's one of those where, again, I think the the more that we can bring bring this into the light. And and bring this to the attention uh, of everybody, so that uh, so that we can reach out and, and help those in need. And it's funny that you say this because that brings me back to a thought that I was having when I was thinking about everything that we were going to be talking about here. In the, I've never seen the agriculture community is amazing. Um, my family has been affected. Um, we lost my three year old nephew last fall to a tragic farm accident. Um, and the community was amazing. They gathered the, they moved soybeans for my parents. They um, came and they set up and they took down and they brought food. And it just amazes me how much the farm community actually cares about each other. And it would just be such a beautiful thing if we saw someone struggling beforehand and doing that giant act of kindness would completely change their life. So instead of attending a funeral, you might be actually saving their life by creating that huge community group. Uh, I think that's, yeah, that's a, that's a great outlook on that. And, uh, and, and hopefully we can continue to, to, to bring awareness around that to, to hopefully, save those lives and and uh, and drive that community. So, and one more time for the viewers out there, where can they hear you? Where can they find you? What are all your handles at uh, the different platforms there? I am on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. And my handle is at Raising Princess Warriors. And it looks like you have one of those Princess Warriors sitting in your lap right there, right? I do. This is our <laughs> third of four. Third of four. 
Well, cool. Well, thanks again for joining, and uh, and hopefully maybe we can have you on uh, down the road a little bit. Of course, anytime. So I'd like to give a really special thanks to Alicia for joining us today and, and having a conversation that's not necessarily the easiest to have. Also, we ask that if you like this podcast, be sure to like the podcast, subscribe, and ring the bell to get notified each and every time that we push out new content. Also, remember, Around the Farm is sponsored by Climate Field View. And with that, we'll see you around the farm.